0: Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, where we discuss meaningful business topics to add value to your efforts. Titus Bartolotta is a certified business coach that's often hired for one-on-one coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, here's your host, Titus Bartolotta. All right, this is Solutions from the Huddle. I'm your host, Titus Bartolotta. I'm so excited to be with each and every one of our listeners. We know that you could be listening to anything in the whole world. Uh, There's a lot of noise, there's a lot of options out there, but you continue to tune in right here with us, uh, right here in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina on ESPN. And obviously our show is podcast all over the world, so we're so grateful for the tons and tons of you that continue to tune in. Uh, If it's your first time here tuning in, you may not know this, but we're one of the few shows on ESPN not talking about sports, at least not primarily. We're talking about business and life topics, so we are bringing in some of the smartest minds uh, some of the most accomplished business leaders in the world to be on our program to help pour in to our best efforts. Uh, today is no different. We've got an, a, an incredible incredible guest it's it's actually his second time on the show And before I introduce him, I just want to quickly start the show the way that we do it every time and that's in prayer. Uh, if you're driving, we, we we ask that you keep your eyes open during this part. okay, we don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Lord, we give you thanks for all things. We ask that you'll bless the show, the sponsors. The guests, just about everything involved. Uh, we ask that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, so let's get right into it. We have the founder of BNI, the largest, most successful business association, networking organization in the world. Uh, BNI hosts over 10,000 chapters across the globe in every populated part of our planet. And the person who had the vision, the idea, the dream, the concept to bring to life, one of the most effective, most powerful ways to market and build your sphere of influence, and that is, of course, networking, uh, is our guest today, Dr. Ivan Meisner, uh, who is also my friend. Uh, he's endorsed my book. I love this guy. He's just, he's just so smart. I never listen to him, and don't walk away better for it. Thank you, my friend, for being on the program. Good morning.
1: Uh, you're very kind. Thank you, Titus, and it's my pleasure to be on your show.
0: Oh, man. You know, last time we talked primarily Primarily about networking, because why wouldn't we when we have you on the program? And I want us to still do that today. Um, but I, I thought it'd be wonderful to talk about the state of small business today and how yeah. networking is evolving. So, really, kind of, we're. We may have baited and switched you into saying you only got to talk about one thing, but we were hoping maybe we could steal you for two topics: uh, the state of small business today. It's a different world today than it, than it once was, business-wise. And really, what's evolving in networking? Could, could you kind of help us in, in, and allow us to grow in those topics today?
1: Yeah. Well, so you know, there's there's always change, and you know, of course, uh, people that have been in business for a long time will complain that uh, you know it's not like it used to be. Well, it's never like it used to be ever. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I think there's still great opportunities out there, and I, I think small businesses is where you want to be. And I, I, I am so happy that I was a small business owner. You know, I was a little bigger than small. We're probably medium sized now on the bigger scheme of things. But but um, I was I was happy to be a small business, and, and and am still happy to be a small business. And so I mean, I own I own a, a property management company, which is a small business. So I, I think there's great opportunities out there. As for networking. There's definitely been a lot of change. So when I did interviews back in 1985, you'd be shocked at what the most common question was. Mm, What was it? Is this networking thing a fad? (laughs) That's Uh, what I got. Oh, my gosh. LA Times, a well-known reporter with the LA Times, uh, amongst many other people, asked me that. Come on, this networking thing is just a fad. Wow. And I kept, no, no, it's, not, it's no more than a fad than sales, you know, the, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> the, right. oh because my. I think the world is moving towards this high touch, um, high tech, high touch, that the more technologically advanced we become, the more important it is to, to be connected with people. And so I don't think networking is a fad. Now, you know, a common thing that I get uh, is, you know, millennials have no idea how to network because they're all connected to their screens. And so uh, that's probably the most common question that I get now. And, and by the way, I disagree with that one as well. I'm happy to talk about that if you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I you know, well, I th- I think that that's a really smart question, though. So, yeah, we'd love to get that at some point in this, if we could get your insight on that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you now, pretty quickly, I, I think um, millennials have an advantage, not a disadvantage over us. And people say, well, they can't network. They don't have a network face-to-face. Hello? We didn't know how to network face-to-face back in 1985. Mm-hmm. We were we had no idea That's one of the reasons why I started B&I Was to help teach people how to network So we point fingers at the, the next generation Saying they don't know how to do it But we didn't know how to do it either oh. Now, they actually have an advantage Because they know how to connect with people online They just need to shift that to face-to-face But I think they're at an advantage Not a disadvantage mm. That's my two cents about Young people and the new generation
0: that's smart. How, how's it evolving, though, in, in terms of this new generation where where there is more technology uh, when we do have a younger uh, demographic of professionals? You know, we're seeing 22 uh, year olds hold executive titles now for some of these companies. In fact, yeah. with some of some of the tech companies, we're seeing 21, 22 year olds that are the CEO and owner and founder of businesses. Yeah. And so they're in the business world much younger. Technology and the demographic shift. What does that mean for the evolution of networking?
1: Well, I don't know that they're in the business world uh, that much younger, but they're in a a senior role of a major company younger Um, because there have always been young people in business. uh, But, uh, you know, the the tech companies have a a way of growing potentially at a faster rate than companies in the past. Um, Let me address the technology and networking because I I think – that uh, I've got some ideas there that are are really important, and that is that technology flattens the communication hierarchy, which means I couldn't have done what I'm doing now. I can't. I couldn't have done in 1985. I can communicate with people all over the world basically for free, uh, whereas a long distance call was from you know my office in our home in Claremont, California, which is one end of L.A. County, to just call downtown L.A. was a long distance call. So my second largest line item in my budget in the mid-80s was the phone bill. Staff salaries was one, phone bill two. Today, I couldn't even tell you where the phone bill is in my wow. in my budget. And so um, technology has become so inexpensive and and allows you to do things like do live webinars, face-to-face meetings via Skype or other, you know, Zoom, meeting. And so it flattens the communication hierarchy. My podcasts, or they can connect with me on my blog at ivanmiser.com and, and lead messages, and I can respond we couldn't have done that back in the 80s. Uh, you know, it was a, course, a letter. Yeah. It had to be mailed. <laughs> you know, that was crazy. So I think it's enhanced networking. Let me give you one statistic on BNI. In the first 11 years of BNI, from 1985 to 1996, we opened 500 chapters. And it's we generally thought that the Internet, you know, around 96, 97 or so, is where it really started taking off the world wide web. So from 1997 to 2008, the next 11 years, we did 5,000 chapters. Oh my goodness. So yes, the internet has affected, uh, the technology has affected face-to-face networking. It's made it grow.
0: Wow. So it's not a disadvantage. This isn't something that's impeding our ability. Um, This is something that's helping it. And I agree with you. And you know, I do a lot of networking as well. And and I think that it can be a tool in your toolbox to help you build the house uh, if you use it properly in the same breath. I think you'd agree that any strength overutilized or misutilized turns very yeah. quickly into a, a weakness. So I'm sure that technology does have some negative aspects if we allow it, right? If we don't use it to our benefit, it'll, it could be used uh, to our detriment. Is
1: that right? Oh, no question about it. So in face-to-face networking, I talk about the, the VCP process where it's like no like, and trust someone and do business with them. Uh, visibility, credibility, profitability. And what happens is that sometimes face-to-face. People try to jump over visibility, jump over credibility, get right to profitability. I call that, by the way, premature solicitation, which you don't want to say fast three that's times it will right. get you in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, here's the thing with online: you can you can jump ahead at light speed. So that's called spamming, and 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 so that is abused in the networking process and can be easily abused through technology. So you're right. It's both, you know, there's always good and bad and the bad happens at light speed versus, you know, face to face where it's a little slower.
0: Tell me a little bit about, you talked about the growth of BNI. Um, I think you said you got up to 500 chapters and in, in how many years to get started?
1: 11 years, uh, we in, did 500. And then the next 11 were, uh, there we, was... we added another 4,500. We were at 5,000 chapters.
0: Wow. So, so <laughs> exponential growth. What what do you see in today's market where there are so many options? Where where maybe at that time the the obstacle was to to get for someone to believe in and buy into something that was relatively new or new to them. Uh, and today, networking is not necessarily new a new concept to people. But perhaps the maybe the greatest challenges uh, or or some of the greatest obstacles are there's just so many places in which networking is occurring. Yeah. Um, How how do you how does BNI stay nimble and flexible in a marketplace where everyone is starting a networking group? Everyone is the the chamber and and, and there's just so many meetups. How does it stay current and fresh today?
1: Well, it's a great idea, a great comment. And and first of all, uh, I view groups like Chambers as competitive, uh, not competitive, compatible. Uh, They're compatible with us. Um, I think they're great for visibility. You get out, you connect with people. They're all, they also have a different purpose in addition to networking, which is, you know, local legislation, local uh, zoning laws that are very important. And so uh, I don't view uh, chambers as competitive to BNI. As a matter of fact, I tell BNI members go join the chamber. So um, that said, there are you know organizations like BNI that are out there. The thing is, it, it's it's hard to compete in the sense that we've got almost 10,000 chapters. And we're, we have a, a, an online platform called uh, BNI Connect, and it connects all 266,000 members worldwide. So you can have a local business, but have a global network. And you could go visit chapters anywhere in the world easily by connecting with people in those other countries. And then going there and meeting a whole group of people who have the same core values that you do as a business starting with our principal core value of givers gain you can't do that on linkedin or or on other networks that are local there there is no global connection and so we have a huge advantage in bni that we want to continue to to utilize
0: i love it so there's 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 opportunities for face-to-face relationship development that you see as compatible and not necessarily competitive uh, for the one, for the areas where there is competition, do you just lock arms and say, "Hey, there's enough humans in the world for all of us"?
1: Yeah, look, I I, I um, subscribe to the Henry Ford model on competition. Uh, he, he basically says, "Don't worry about the competitor." Who uh, he said, um, "Don't worry about the competitor that is talking bad about you or is out there trying to you know take you over. Worry about your own business and make it better."
0: That's right. No, I agree. And
1: so, and so we have had a lot of competitors. I remember one guy got online. He had a YouTube page and he said, "We're going to bury BNI." And you know, people were freaking out because he was so aggressive. And I was like, "Don't worry about it. Just, sure. just do what we do and do it better than we've ever done it before. And you're not going to have a problem." By the way, I, I haven't heard from that company for almost ten years. <laughs> they been under. So. You know, just focus on, on doing what we do better. And, and we really can constantly try to improve our system. For example, um, education. I said we don't teach this in colleges and universities, and and we don't. And so that's why we have now a platform called BNI University, where you can get on and learn different things, not just networking, but learn leadership by John Maxwell. Uh, John and I did a whole slew of videos to teach people how to become a good leader. But you can only have access to that if you're a BNI member.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. No, I, I'm with you. I agree. I, I think this is true for all of our listeners, whatever their business is, right, Ivan? I mean, it may not be they own a networking company. They might own a plumbing company, an electrician company. And yes. and I, I really, truly believe that all ships uh, rise, right, when the sea it just gets bigger. And so one of the things that we often prescribe to on this program is trying to tell the marketplace to to see the the folks to your left and right as per, perhaps contributors to your success. Um, even yes. Even... Listen, you know, there's a local uh, HVAC company in our market that spends ten times more marketing dollars as every other HVAC company. And what I tell my clients is, I say, um, "Well, aren't you glad they're telling everyone about HVAC for you for free? You know, they're they're educating the market for you. I mean just just link arms. There's enough business, enough humans, enough mana from heaven for everybody." Um, so I love it. Fair that. enough. What do you think that's about a, that's an, That's an abundance mentality yeah. versus a scarcity mentality. What a much better way to live life and, and run a business, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. T- tell me a little bit about the small business owner today. How has he or she changed? Uh, you probably have your finger on the pulse in a deeper and more meaningful way than most people relative to the small business owner because you saw back in 1985, 86, 87, what that brand new startup, the person that said, I'm starting a company in 1986. And then the person in 19 uh, or or 2008, 19 says, I'm starting a company. What are you noticing as some of the, the the similarities and the differences between those two people?
1: So there are a lot of similarities and there are, are some differences. And here's how I would describe the differences. You know, um, 35, 40 years ago when I started in business, you, you basically lived in a, um, chocolate and vanilla business world you know the the ways you could advertise were limited the way you marketed yourself was limited the sales process was really a bit different Uh, we live in a Baskin Robbins 31 flavors world today (laughs) okay there's so many different choices Uh, and I think I think the challenge in today's business world is dealing with all the choices what's the right choice for me for my business, and what are the right levers that I need to be pulling to increase my um, keep the, you know to improve my key performance indicators, KPIs or key success factors, KSS? what are the right levers to pull and there are so many levers you could pull social media, well, what social media Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you know <laughs> there's all that then there's networking well do, you know, sh- should I join BNI should I also be in the chamber? By the way, I think the answer is yes to both. And you know, should I do service clubs? Uh, what about professional associations? What kind of advertising do I do? I should do radio advertising, maybe TV, cable. I mean, the choices are—it's—it's it's 31 flavors, and that's the challenge today for businesses. I think. Do,
0: do you think that creates um, a level of analysis paralysis where people go, I've got to, I've got to think about all these things and. Uh, and so instead of doing anything, I'll do nothing. And, and before you answer that, we're going to take just a quick break. But the question is, when we come on the sure. other side, I want the answer to that because, man, I, I think yeah. that folks are standing still. They're scared because because of what you just said, Doctor. Uh, give us one moment though. We're going to thank every single one of our sponsors with a quick break. You're listening to Solutions from the Huddle right here on ESPN Charlotte. Need an oil change quick? Visit Speedy. They'll change your oil filter, top off your fluids, air up your tires, and get you on your way. Get your vehicle serviced by people who care, with locations at 4752 South Boulevard in Charlotte and 1484 Hazel Boulevard in Spartanburg. Speedy oil change and auto service for all your vehicle's needs. Alpha Graphics Charlotte, located in Pineville, is a marketing and print solutions company that helps businesses of all sizes. They provide services such as graphic design, printing, signage, direct mail, promotional products, and expert project execution with the ultimate goal of promoting your brand to get noticed and get business. Contact Alpha Graphics Charlotte and Pineville today and let them show you all the different types of marketing and branding solutions that they can provide. Hey, this is Titus Bartolotta from Collaborative Solutions Group. Yeah, I'm an author. I'm a busy uh, business professional. I own multiple companies, but the truth is... I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I am in my home all the time. I wanted to take just a quick minute and share with the whole world uh, that my good friend Danny Castillo of Quality Air of the Carolinas has done some amazing things in our home. They've helped to make our air quality far more clean, healthy, and pure. I recommend everybody take a moment to reach out to their company and find out how you can improve the quality of air in your home too. All right, and we're back right here. Solutions from the Huddle. Uh, The question that we proposed to our guest, who is Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder of B&I, an extraordinarily successful business professional, a well-sought-after speaker, a multi-time best-selling published author. That's the guest that we've got today. And the question we proposed uh, before we went to the break was, um, are we seeing that the business owner today is in an analysis paralysis? That was the question because, Dr. Meisner, you said – one of the major differences, when you had your finger on the pulse of the, the small business owner in 1985, 86, 87, and, and the pulse that you you check today, is there so much more options? You said uh, it's a Baskin-Robbins. There's a lot more flavors today than the vanilla and, and chocolate back in the day. So is he standing still? Is she standing still doing nothing, maybe not taking
1: action? Because it's a bit overwhelming. What do you think? So there is certainly some of that, but I think it's a different, slightly different problem. From my perspective, it's it's the because there are so many choices, people constantly are chasing bright, shiny objects, Mm. and they bounce around from one thing to another. And and I told I've told business people this for years. You want to be successful in business? Here it is: do six things a thousand times, not a thousand things six times. And it doesn't have to be six, it could be five, it could be seven. But you do a handful of things, and you do it over and over and over again. Instead, what people do is they try something out. Well, you know, I, I tried it twice. It didn't work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something else. Well, you're never going to be successful if you don't do that. So if you do that, if you keep bouncing around, you've got to find uh, some techniques that you know work. Now, how do you know they work? Well, you know they work because you use virtual mentors like your show. People listen to your show. They hear somebody say something. They hear somebody say, this works, and they try that out. Or they read books, or they may have a mentor. And then you find a handful of things that you know will work in your industry, and you do it a thousand times. What I see happen, even B&I, even with BNI i franchises, they chase bright, shiny objects. And every time they do that, they fail. Mm-hmm. And you got to stop doing that. I mean, i give you a good example. I had a director who... They, they said, what we want to do, we, we know that, you know, the morning meetings every week, we know that, but we want to do a big mixer once a month, big mixer, bring a lot of people. And, and I told them all the reasons why that wouldn't work for us, because you come to a mixer, you're not necessarily going to go to a morning meeting as well. And then you're going to sell them twice on coming to meetings. And he said, no, no, this is going to work. Because, you know, our, our community is like that. We like, you know, parties. He was one of the top franchises in the world at that time. Uh, Three years later, he was one of the bottom franchises in the world. Oh, my goodness. And I told him not to do it, and that's exactly what he did. Don't chase bright, shiny objects.
0: Mm. I mean, that's so that that piece of advice transcends all industries in such a major, major yeah. way. Um, what do you say to the folks that are apprehensive to networking, right? These are maybe the people that um, maybe they're introverts. Uh, m- maybe they don't have a team and a staff where they can send the people that they would associate they would just stereotype as the outgoing, people-pleasing, connective human. Yeah. They don't have that person on their staff, and they don't see that person within themselves. How does that person still um, see an opportunity to buy into the culture and the vision of networking? Which, by the way, you know, when people ask me, I think that networking is the highest form, the most amazing form of marketing, because it's the only one that forces you to be the best version of yourself all the time. And so yeah. How, yeah. Do, how do you... Communicate. How does the listener right now that just goes, God, I, it's just not me. I'm just, I'm not going to fit. Uh, it, it's not going to work. How do you talk? How do you speak life into that person?
1: Well, first of all, I think people have a misconception of what networking is. They think it's just walking around, shaking hands and handing out cards. Yeah. And that's not effective networking. Networking is about building relationships. And oh, by the way, uh, introverts are pretty good at that. Mm. You know, both Introverts and extroverts have a strength and a weakness. Uh, extroverts have no problem walking up to a stranger and introducing themselves. But what's their favorite topic? Themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we all know that. That's right. And so they'll walk up, they'll introduce them, and then they'll talk about themselves. Introverts, so, so an extrovert, good that they can walk up and introduce themselves, bad that they'd love talking about themselves. An introvert is uncomfortable walking up and introducing themselves to someone new. But there are techniques around that. But when they do introduce themselves, they're really good. At, they're better at listening. Mm. Introverts are better listeners as a rule. And so both have a strength and both have a weakness. What I would say to the introverts is go to networks that are smaller and focus on building relationships, not big events. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've already recommended the chamber two, three times. That might not be the best place for an introvert to start because it's just a big mixer. Uh, instead, go to a go to a, go to a service club like Rotary or Lions or Qantas. Go to a B&I group where it's a smaller group. It's easier to make connections and and to network effectively. And remember that networking is more about farming than hunting. It's about cultivating relationships with other people. And when introverts understand that, they're a little more comfortable with that.
0: You know, we we try. You know, I'm I'm all the time watching people slip out of networking because they didn't get the results they were hoping to get and and i oftentimes yeah. want to reframe and reset maybe the expectations with them and maybe you can you can help speak to this but you know even in an, even in in blue we we you know we have someone that goes oh gosh i only got x and i was hoping to get y so i'm moving on and i oftentimes tell people i wonder if if you if you realize that a deep relationship a highly connective interaction and human experience and an opportunity to give in an intentional, specific and meaningful way. I wonder if people yeah. will realize that that is indeed the gift more so than any piece of closed business. You know, the the idea that you can go to a culture a community experience and have that in such an elegant and graceful way. Um, and, and then the businesses and referrals, uh, the, obviously you have to have that stuff, but, but it almost, that's yeah. the icing on the cake. Uh, but I think people see it the other way around, and I, and I was wondering what maybe your thoughts were or maybe how you, you speak to people relative to that topic.
1: Yeah, so we find that people join for the business and they stay for the relationships and the business. And so you need to have both. But most people don't join for the relationships. They they join because they're looking for the business. Sure. And so what you have to do is you can say, look, this, this is a long-term strategy. This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. I had somebody, I just read, I was going through some testimonies yesterday for a book I'm working on, and I read this one uh, letter that someone sent to me, an email actually, and, and he said, I almost lost my biggest client because I didn't renew. I was I was not going to renew my membership, but um, the, the relationships I had were so tight. He said, I got business, but I didn't get a ton of business like I had hoped. And so I renewed my membership uh, in in B&I. and three weeks later, I got the biggest referral of my life. And had I left three weeks earlier, I would have you know I would have not had that. And he said, I got now he was in the financial services industry, which people have to be really comfortable with you to give you that big referral, sure. because you you know you you do a bad job and and the person who referred you looks bad. So it took a couple of years for him to get that really big referral. He's now been a member for many many years. But he, he almost didn't. And so you have to remember that it's, it's that farming, not hunting. It's about cultivating long-term relationships.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, as we're coming on the back here of the show, before we, we cross the finish line together, what are maybe a few tactics that we haven't discussed that you think people ought to have? Maybe it's relative to networking. Maybe it's, it's not. But as a small business, as a medium business, as a, a business person, uh, what are a few things that you've recognized that you've got to make sure you're incorporating these? These are the best practices that, that really mean the most in a busy networking you, or in business. Well, I would say in both. I mean, you have such a, in my opinion, you're such a voice and, and have such a, a, a wisdom and experience in, in, in both. Uh, but what would you give business people relative to networking or not that you got to put these things in your back pocket and start using them or you're going to just keep spinning your wheels.
1: So I don't know how much time we have, but uh, I would uh, do, if, about networking, I'd talk a little bit about follow-up. So do we have a couple of minutes? Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about follow-up. You meet these people at a networking event, what do you do? Uh, I teach what I call the 24 uh, 7 follow-up system, 24 7 Within 24 hours, you meet somebody at a networking event, reach out to them, send them a letter, uh, nobody sends stuff through the mail anymore. You know, that, that, that's really impressive. Or use a, a service like Send Out Cards. I'm not. I'm not a Send Out Cards rep. Don't represent them. It's, but it's a great service where you can do it online and send it through the mail, or or email them. It, you know I like email. I use email. So one way or another, within 24 hours, reach out to them and don't sell to them. Damn. Just say, Hey, it was really nice meeting you last night at the, the event, and I hope our paths cross again. You know, enjoyed our conversation on whatever, and I hope our paths cross again. Then, within within seven days, connect with them on social media. Now, here's the important part on this: you have to connect where they are, not where you are. You might like Facebook; they might like Twitter. When you're when you're when you're meeting them and talking to them, ask them where where do they spend most of their time on social media? or What social media platform do they use the most? I learned this technique for my kids because when my eldest. Uh, was a teenager. I would try to call her. Or she wouldn't respond. But if I texted her, she responded immediately. My next daughter, same thing. If I called her nothing, but text her nothing. Um, my wife said, Oh, you have to WhatsApp her. Oh, this was 11 years ago. I said, or 10 years ago. I said, what's WhatsApp? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I had to download WhatsApp so I could talk to my daughter. Then my son, he's a gamer. He didn't, he didn't like to talk by phone. He didn't text. He didn't like WhatsApp, but um, he loved gaming. And so I, I was in my 50s. I downloaded a platform called Steam, which had an instant messaging feature. I bought a game so that I could instant message my son, who wasn't living at home yet, but I wanted to talk to him, and he'd respond immediately. That taught me, that, particularly with social media, but also with face-to-face networking, if you want to build a relationship with somebody, go where they are, not where you are. So within seven days, connect with them on social media, comment on their posts, and don't sell to them.
0: I love it. And so, within 30 days. So the, I'm so, sorry, go ahead. No, I love it. So you're saying the follow-up, the fortunes and the follow-up, and, and you're yes. saying go where they are. <laughs> and so, go where they are. And, and don't yeah. sell to them and we are we are right here at the finish line and, and, and every listener is thinking what I want more time with dr Ivan Meisner actually um, the
1: third case is meet with him in person that's,
0: that, that's the last piece. meet with them in person so so the fortunes in the follow-up uh, we've got to make sure we're, we're not selling and we got to meet them where they are and we got to make sure that we get in front of them Um, Dr. Ivan Meisner, I appreciate you so much for being on the program. Real quick, how can folks stay tuned in with you through your podcast channels, through through other mediums? How can people keep learning from you because our show is so short and and they want to keep hearing your words of wisdom?
1: Uh, IvanMisner.com is my blog. I invite you to go visit that. And, of course, if you have any interest in BNI, go to BNI.com, and you can get information on a chapter near you.
0: I love it. We hope you'll come back to the program over and over. uh, And we we thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time right here on Solutions from the Huddle on ESPN Charlotte. Hey, guys. Titus Bartolotta here, your host for Solutions from the Huddle. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. And if you want to stay involved and engaged in the show, We ask that you come back every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. If you want to listen to the show on demand and online, be sure to check out all major podcast channels by searching for Solutions from the Huddle. Thanks again for your support. We hope you come back.